It's the Meg John <laughs> and Justin podcast. Yay! Woo! Woo. Uh, we're back, dear listener. Welcome to our free feed. You're listening to us on SoundCloud. Um, remember, if you've been missing us and thinking, "Oh, I've, oh, I thought Meg John and Justin were every week. I've been, I've been. This is maybe this is you in the kitchen. You're washing the pots." And you're like, <laughs> Oh, I'm glad they're back. Where have they been? We were on the other channel. We were on... Like, this is BBC One. We were on BBC Two. No, yeah, we were on like, ITV. Or like... What's... Like four... We're on Netflix. Four plus or something. Is that... What yeah. is that? We're on one you have to pay for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you have to pay for the BBC. Um, anyway, we're on the other channel. So, flick over to our other channel on patreon.com forward slash Meg, John and Justin. You can sign up for our paid for content. Um, for from just one dollar a month. Absolutely, uh, we you just get two had a, separate feeds, and then you get some every week, don't you? We just had a bit of a rant about sex ed on that one, so you know you can listen to that upcoming yeah. election, bit political. Yeah, a bit of politics, but also talking about our own sex and relationships education, and talking about um, the effect that uh, no or bad uh, relationships and sex education can have on people, and the differences between. Uh, what we do as uh, in the advice that we the work that we do and what and education and what you can expect from us at a workshop compared to what you expect from us on a podcast. So if you would like to hear that interesting chat, head over to our patreon.com forward slash Meg John and Justin. For as little as a dollar a month. As little as a dollar a month. <laughs> and that's not real money anyway for those I mean, in the UK. D- yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's less than a pound at the moment. Uh, if you get it now, but now. who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> anyway, this so, is not what we're talking about today. Is how to be accountable. Yeah. So we're not talking broadly about accountability processes, are we? It's a big topic and accountability in general. But this is like yeah. if someone is asking you to be accountable for something. Yeah. So somebody comes um, and says you've hurt them in some way. I guess it might be yeah. non-consensual stuff, something, or just generally you've you've hurt their feelings, or mm-hmm. they've got hurt because of something you've done, choice you've made, a behaviour. Mm-hmm. Um, if it feels like a relatively simple, straightforward one that you can deal with between the two of you. This is our top tips on how you, as the person who's facing, you know, that person saying that thing, yeah. might, you know, how, how we often, how we often behave under those circumstances, and why, and then how we might do that differently slash better. Um, yeah. But yeah, we want to do that big caveat as to if it's a complicated situation, as in maybe mm-hmm. quite an extreme thing that you're being accused of, or mm-hmm. as in there's very different stories between you and the other person about what happened, or. Mm-hmm anything you know it's or like it has implications for other people then there are kind of accountability processes you can go through that help to Mm. hold you um both through the situation Mm. um support you support the other person make it more possible so kind of mediation restorative Mm -hmm. justice processes accountability Mm -hmm. pods all of this kind of thing is Mm. out there we may do another podcast on this at some point Mm -hmm. um so that's just to flag up that if it feels mm-hmm. like a complex one, then getting other support through it is a really good idea. We're not covering that stuff today. We're covering no. just the, the one-on-one if you feel like it is manageable between the two of you, yeah. Yeah, there is other material out there that we can point to. Yeah. Right, and Che about doing that. Um, so I guess we'll talk first of all about um, how people might respond and where, how people might, I guess, be in, uh, have been taught to respond uh, yes. you know what the 
again, what the cultural script of how to respond to someone asking you to be accountable is, but also where we get that from. So yeah, I think you put I it quite well when we were chatting about this. What's the like the default well, knee-jerk like response? When uh, if imagine that you were a kid and someone says, "Oh, you don't do, you know, or you did this," I'm like, "No, I didn't." You yeah. know, that's the immediate kind of response uh, yeah. often, uh, rather than. Um, you know, doing all the things that we're about to talk about. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess it's that thing of, you know, this stuff gets to respond in that way, which um, sounds like quite a, a benevolent way to respond. And if it's a small infraction, mm. then I guess it doesn't have any, it doesn't have as much um, like culpability or consequence if we're acting that way to something. Mm. Um, or you stole my grape. No, I didn't, uh, you know, kind of thing. I'm just saying that because I'm looking at some grapes on my desk right now uh, <laughs> yeah. that I might eat in a second. But um, the um, but the way that that is just trained into us mm. um, means that that can just feel like an instinct, can't it? I mean, I don't, it's not an instinct, but it mm. can feel like an instinct. Well, I think that's probably because it's our culture just doesn't tend to separate off, separate out doing something hurtful from being a hurtful person. Mm. You know, so I think that's the instinct because somebody says, you did this thing and it hurt me, mm. what you hear is you're a bad person. Yeah. And like, that's where these get really snarled up, these kind of conversations, is because one person's trying to say, hey, you did this thing that was hurtful. I, I, want, mm. I just want you to be aware of it. I want to have a conversation about how maybe it doesn't happen again or mm. understand why you did it or, you know, and the other person is just hearing, you're a monster. Um, and all they want to say is, no, 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 I'm not. Here's all, the, here's all the many reasons why I'm not a terrible person, which are frankly fairly irrelevant <laughs> to the, the current situation. Yeah. And it's yeah. like that, it becomes that conversation. It's like, it's almost like two different conversations that are, you know, um, going across each other there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So it's so important to kind of learn how to hear you hurt me as you, you hurt me rather than you're a bad person. And yep. also recognize even, you know, it could be even that you did, you know, you behave perfectly well and somebody got hurt. Like that can be the case. It's can you, can you hold that? You did the mm. best you could in those circumstances or there were many understandable reasons why you did that thing and mm. still that person got hurt, you know, and therefore, you know, maybe it's, it's okay to acknowledge their pain as well as knowing that maybe you weren't to blame in some way. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about. And mm. you put a helpful list together of how people might respond if there has been either, you know, the different the different ways that people might respond uh, to, um, uh, to someone challenging someone about something. So it's to minimize something. Yeah, uh, the, the way we tend to do it, I suppose, they are the basis of, of what we call the rape myths, you know, mm. so it's like, the rape myths are all those kind of myths that if some, if somebody is sexually assaulted, it's like it's their own fault. Um, they could have said no, yeah. you know, um, that they're, they're to blame, etc. Um, and that is kind of how we tend to, you know, it's not just that they're ones about sexual assault. They kind of apply to all of this stuff. So yeah, mm -hmm. min minimizing is a really common one. It wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't that bad. What you're making a fuss about? Yeah. Um, you know, kind of somebody assuming what the impact was. Again, we should be really wary of we're trying to say, oh, you know, that that wouldn't have upset me. So why is it upset you? Well, right. obviously that person has their own set of experiences in life. So it might be that the thing that wouldn't upset us would really upset them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that thing of um, we, some, uh, some said to me recently that, you know, I thought that this was um, accepted. You know, I thought mm. that this was all okay. And it's like, no, we have different, you know, I guess that's where cultural script comes in about what, mm. um, what is uh, about things that are okay and okay to do 
with people and things that are not okay to do with people and yeah. actually if we're paying attention to what's actually going on with us and another person then we can see what harm that we might be doing with the other person. Exactly. Um, mm. But yeah, the, the other thing there is gaslighting them, which is to make people feel like they're making it up or that they yeah. are in some way um, unreasonable. Um, gaslighting referred, we've talked about this before, but um, mm. there's a film called Gaslight where uh, it's, uh, I watched it in order to write a post for um, Oh, Bish. what's it like? Yeah, do you know there were two, it's based on a play and mm. there were two films that came out in the same year ah. <laughs> called Gaslight based on the play and I watched the one with um, Ingrid Bergman in mm. um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's this guy who um, is trying to steal uh, a woman's aunt's fortune I think after she died and basically he's... Um, rumbling around in the attic at night and when he rumbles around in the attic trying to steal her stuff basically uh i'm really i'm really shortening this and i'm going off on a tangent sorry uh, <laughs> it makes the it affects the it makes the the it made the when he was turning a light on upstairs in the attic mm. a gaslight um when you turn on another gaslight it affects the flow of gas to all the other lights in the in the house and so she knew that the, there was somebody up there because she could see it uh, on wow. her own gaslight. And he said, no, no, there wasn't. Uh, and then basically convinced her that she uh, was having a mental illness. Yeah. Uh, whereas actually he was fucking up there. He was up there yeah. trying to nick her stuff, turning the light on. And that is such a common response again with these things. Yeah. It's like you're crazy, you're overreacting. Um, yeah. You know, that it's uh, somehow you're putting it on the other person to, yeah, again, it sort of relates to the minimizing or just trying to make them doubt their, their own sanity around it. You know, telling yeah. them it wasn't what, what happened. Um, and that's really important not to do. Yeah. Um, blaming them for it, you know, somehow that they were they invited the hurtful treatment, again, is a really common one. Mm. Um, or just a whole load of defensive excuses. You know, these are all the reasons why that happened. It may be that, you know, it is useful for the person to have an understanding of why you did what you did. But if it comes across in a very defensive way of almost like, this is why it was the right thing to do or why you shouldn't be upset about it, mm. again, that strays into that kind of gaslighting territory. And that kind of stuff has to come later, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, if there is like an explanation for it, that has to come at a later point, which we'll talk about in, when, when we get to that bit. But the real um, danger is this compounds the original slight, you know, yeah. the original hurt, because, you know, to be responded to in these ways um, actually further hurts the person. Of you course. Know, in a similar way to the original hurt. Well, sometimes it's worse, you know, sometimes, yeah. you know, I guess, you know, that's the kind of thing when on an extreme level of somebody who's been assaulted and then goes through the criminal justice system and yeah. often gets these kind of, you know, questions um, in the court case mm. that, that are often very victim blaming and kind of questioning their sanity is like people will say sometimes that is even worse than the original assault. And yeah. this is kind of like a, a one to one, you know, mi more minor version of that, that we must mm. be really wary that we could further compound you know the the thing that happened in the first place yeah yeah and it's it's a yeah so it's another kind of abuse so yeah. it's a it's a, and it's a way that the um and it's important that that we look at it as uh, that however reactive that feels at the time if you yeah. continue to do these and double down on what happened and say no that didn't happen yeah then um you are deliberately abusing that person again yeah. And, and and as you say, deliberately causing that harm again. So it's uh, a double level of abuse. It's not um, mm. it's yeah, that you are doing. 
Um, so exactly. Uh, I think don't big, do it. Is what <laughs> no, we're saying. But a, big, a big part of the problem is cultural. You know, it's like yeah, again, course, we're not yeah. saying like oh, individuals do that because they're they're monstrous people. It is mm. because the wider culture says. You know that if you accept that you did something hurtful, it means that you're terrible as an individual. Rather than recognizing that we, you know, we live in such an unconsensual culture, we are yeah. all going to stray over consent lines. You know, we live in a racist culture. You know, we're all going to be mm. racist sometimes, sexist, homophobic. You know, um, yeah. it's impossible under those structures to not say and do offensive, upsetting, you know, even non-consensual things. Yeah. at times so what we can do is you know keep doing the work to try and get better mm -hmm. on that stuff and also when it happens mm. own it and be accountable for it um yeah but it is really hard to do you know it's to, just to say that that kind of immediate response is an understandable one because it is almost like the script we've been given like you say and the exactly. the alternative just feels so personally terrifying because it does feel like it would be saying I'm a terrible person I should never you know I should never try and human ever again with anybody you know it's Definitely. like so that's where that's where I guess the first stage is actually if you're starting to feel those defensive responses or reactive in any way the first stage is maybe step back and get some time yeah. to process it so yeah. if you feel like the thing you want to say straight away is you know no, I didn't, or I'm not a, I'm not a monster, or, mm. you know, then maybe you can say to the other person, actually, whoa, that was really hard to hear. Thank mm. you so much for saying it, but I'm going to need a bit of time to process it before we have a further conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah. I get, it's that thing of um, trying to bring in a bit more time here and trying to keep the temperature as low as possible so that things don't... Yeah. Is when we react and then another person reacts to that reaction, things can blow up quite quickly. And particularly if this is someone that we're all, that we're in, that we're close to and have a relationship with, then mm. it makes it super important just for the relationship as well as for the other for the other person just to um, just to recognise that whatever you're feeling, the other person is feeling uh, is also feeling. Yeah, you know, for them to say this thing is a very big thing to do. Huge. Given Given um, they know what the response is likely to be for yeah, most people, it's actually exactly. incredibly brave that they've done it. So if you can at all bring yourself to have to say thank you, yeah. e even in that moment. But yeah, I think it's like noticing where you are on this kind of thermometer of like yeah. cold, you know, sort of freezing cold to boiling hot. And it's like if you're if you're getting to boiling point internally, then that's not the time to have the conversation. And asking to pause yeah. is a really good idea. And you going away and doing what you need to do to bring it down to a cooler point, whether that's getting support from others, mm -hmm. you know, but then again, you know, not just support from others as in, hey, tell me that I'm a good guy so I can, yeah. go, and so I can go and gaslight that person, but actually yeah. supportive others who will help you really think through, you know, yeah, like how, how, to go how, through can, the I, process. how can I do yeah. this process? Yeah. Yeah. I think mm. the other thing there as well is, um, it, I guess here there is a useful conversation before this happens there's a meta uh, there's a meta, com a meta communication conversation that could be had right yeah uh, how do we want to uh, do this yeah yeah in a school the other day where i was teaching i said um i was talking about how i was asked everyone how do you have difficult conversations with each other as friends mm. like uh text or face-to-face -face or phone call or email or how do you mm. do it and like various hands went up Mm. And you know it's the it's a very simple thing is that people 
for some people it's easier to have this kind of thing um, conversation over a text because you can completely word what it is that you want to say and then the other person can spend a bit of time thinking about how they might come back to it or it might be easier for them not to blow up. Others yeah. prefer it to happen in person because they're the kind of person who prefers to hear the tone of what someone's got to say or mm. and wants to get that kind of nuance across. And things so, can be misconstrued in writing. It is yeah. a really difficult one, and especially when two people have different preferences. You know, um, I definitely like in writing because it's you know my medium, so I know that I can articulate myself quite kindly and clearly usually in writing. Yeah. But that's the tricky one if the other person's preference is. You know, and also for me, I like the cool, the cool off time of having received an email and knowing I can spend some time processing it, but that's exactly. not everybody. Yeah. So one thing to do here to give yourself a bit of time out as well is to talk about, okay, well, um, thank you for letting me know about this. How would you like to continue talking about this? Yeah. Like, you know, does, does it have to happen right now or can I have a few minutes or can we do it via email or something or a Google Doc, which we always talk about, but yeah, know, works. <laughs> um, um, so you know to to bring in that kind of thing will also give you a bit of time as well like yeah. um, rather than immediately going to the substance of the thing that's being talked about start to talk about the process first exactly then process then you content. can bring in a bit and, and the thing you, is here is to bring in more consent right yeah that, you know at, at a time when there has clearly been something where there has been not enough consent now is the time to bring in more consent exactly and it's okay if that consent is for you is that that sense mm. of like knowing your limits like actually if I carry on having this conversation now I know I'm going to be an arsehole so yeah. I'm going to you know and just saying to the other person you know that's that's the situation is mm. I've got you know I feel really heated and reactive and I mm. know if I carry on talking about it right now that's not going to be great for you so yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm going to step away but I promise you you know think something like I'll send you know I will send you something by the end of the day mm-hmm. to say when I think I'm going to be ready to talk or you know like mm. give give them a sense of what that process is you know yeah this um good kind of um another thing to do just mm. I guess we're talking about like strategies for not re-reacting I guess is mm. to think is to think about really almost kind of detaching yourself from the moment and listening to what the person said and being able to accurately summarize what they've just said like yeah. to really make it clear that um you're taking it on board and so that to take to look at it upon it as like a listening exercise yeah um rather than opportunities for immediately start thinking and feeling and reacting I mean, this is where we'd get, you know, this is kind of like for me, my spiritual, whole spiritual practice is trying to get to this point where anything that happened in life, I could respond to it that way of kind of mm. curiosity, open curiosity of what can I learn yes. from this? Like most of us are not there, you know, no. maybe we'll never get there. But yeah, it's a, if you can, it's a great one. It's like, okay, instead of focusing in on me and what that says about me, I can focus entirely on you, you know. Mm. can I really understand exactly what happened from your perspective can I really understand how it felt for you maybe ask some curious questions to get the real mm. sense of it um, and that in itself is extremely affirming for the other person mm. to feel you know because mostly a huge part of what they're going to want is to feel heard that's yeah. that's gold in these situations to feel unheard feels terrible to feel heard feels amazing and that's the thing that what we're talking about here mm. is to do the opposite of of uh, the reactions that we were talking about at the beginning. So mm. to do the opposite of minimising, to do the opposite of blaming them. 
Yeah, well, so I came not across this. Yeah. yeah, when I was like, re I was researching this recently, and I came across this great list of like, you know, that from the research on survivors, what mm. do people want if they've been treated non-consensually? Um, and it came up with the following that they want acknowledgement that they're telling the truth from that person. Mm -hmm. um, they want the person to take responsibility for it, mm -hmm. to understand the impact it's had on them, and to reassure them that it won't happen again. Like that's yeah. what they're looking for those four yeah. things so if you know again if it's a more complex situation and you can't honestly offer one of those things then again it might be one way you get more help with the process from others but if you know if you know they're quite right i did do that thing um you can acknowledge it you can take responsibility for it you mm. can you know maybe it wouldn't have had such an impact on you but it clearly did on them so you can acknowledge yeah. the impact of it and you can reassure them that it won't happen again because you can say that you want to learn from this experience and, mm. and not do it and it may be that's about you know not doing it to them again because now you understand that it's a big trigger for them or yeah. it may be broader like you know they have called you out on something that you generally do that is going to mm. hurt you know other people as well and that's mm. great because now you know and you can go and do your work around it you know definitely yeah and the thing is because it's such a difficult thing for them to say they're not going to be saying it because out of um out of malice or out of um uh, because they want to hurt you yeah uh, it's actually a huge um they're doing you a massive favor yeah. in in this way it's that they're, they're, they're telling you how it affected them and they're telling you about their feelings and thoughts about this and what it is that they want from you in order for you to have any kind of um mm. it might be that there's no it, it might it might if within the context of this uh, you know like an ongoing relationship then they're doing your relationship a massive favor yeah think, instead of ghosting on you yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's so many times that it just doesn't feel safe enough to do these things and that's probably mm. where we kind of let something drift or um you know it begins to feel awkward and the other person just doesn't know why so i think mm. this is a really brave thing to do um, yeah. Again, you know, there are a minority of cases where somebody does do these things for malicious reasons. You know, even it's a form of gaslighting in itself that somebody's saying saying that somebody's bad who who really isn't or has behaved mm. badly when they haven't. But those are the minority statistically. You know, it's much mm. more likely um, that it's coming from a genuine place and that it's also taken that person a lot to say it. And again, if you've got that sense of hang on a minute, I think this is a bit more complicated then that might be the one to get other people so that, you know, you get that objective person yeah. to support you through it. But if, yeah. if you know, you know, if you know, yeah, actually, <laughs> that really wasn't cool. Um, yeah. And, you know, maybe you think they shouldn't have been hurt quite as much as they are, but, you mm. know, that's not your place to say. Yeah. Should we talk a bit more about mm. what accountability might um, uh, feel like and what, what the kinds of things that people can do to make them accountable and we've talked about how um, yeah. people how we might hear and just not go into that reactive space of denying everything and we you, mm. do you want to go through that list again MJ because we could yeah well you also were saying more. a bit about empathy and that's another thing that might be worth doing in between you mm. know like say you do take that space mm. you know that person you know you've got that e you've received the email from them or you've had that conversation now you're in that taking space period mm you know, as well as like getting some support for you to bear it because it is a really hard thing to hear. Mm. You might want to do that empathy work about putting yourself in their shoes and wondering, yeah. you know, m maybe even you have been on the other side of something like this and you know how it feels that can be really mm. helpful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Often I find that if I'm in a situation, um, I think we often find 
it can be a useful thing to do to see to look at yourself and you know, the opposite sides of that dynamic mm. and actually if you really think about it then there might be times when you've when you've uh been on the other side of that dynamic and it can be sorry i'm repeating myself it can be really, <laughs> yeah. it can be really useful but to acknowledge that someone might feel that way even mm. if you're feeling a different way but yeah. to acknowledge that they're that what they're saying is um is that they're saying it from a sincere position and that um mm. and you can understand how they got that how, how they're feeling that way yeah. is what people are asking for i guess it's that um and it's also understanding that this is relational you know mm. and that how one person responds is going to be different very different from how another person responds and it's about thinking about how we can be more present uh in the future as well um, yeah, I suppose in rewriting the rules when I was writing about conflict, you know, I suggest even like you could try writing the whole the whole experience that happened from your point of view, and then you could just imagine writing it from yeah. their point of view, you know, just to get that sense of what that might yeah. be like, and that might involve drawing on similar experiences you've had, yeah, and or you know, it's it's about both. It's about the similarity and the difference. It's like you mm. might not have responded to this experience the way they did, but there's mm. other things that that you know would hurt you similarly and it's yeah. just different things for you than it is for them but you have to you know you can maybe acknowledge that for them this is one of those things you know that's yeah. a particular trigger for them or mm -hmm. it is just you know it, it works differently the power dynamics or something um, and even if yeah even if you would respond differently yourself you think but can you think of a time where for example mm. someone's felt scared or afraid or mm. put down and think of another time when you felt those feelings yeah. and think about what it was like to feel those feelings and how you would have wanted the other person to respond no Precisely. matter what it was that yeah. caused the thing then you can start to do the empathy work mm -hmm. then again when when um you start thinking about your story and you know what was going on for you perhaps you can think about what was going on for you that day and you can perhaps be more empathetic with yourself around mm. what was going on and this is that thing of um that the there might be a time as part of uh becoming accountable um as part of like the taking responsibility or the reassuring that it won't happen again is to understand why it happened that time yeah exactly so yeah. it could be that we didn't that we thought that it was okay to have bants around this particular kind of thing and actually it yeah. turned out that it's not uh, yeah. and that the evidence for this was this but actually mm. yeah that was you know it was a daft thing or um that we've been having a particular that we were maybe we might have been quite maxed out that day yeah. and that we didn't realize and we hadn't stopped to tune into uh, how maxed out we were and how mm. you know we're on our on how in the red zone we might have been to mm. bring in a, a, a cycling phrase um, <laughs> then and how we might take steps in the future to make sure that we're not going to get to that place or to be able to articulate where yeah. we're getting to our red yeah, where we're getting into our red zone earlier so we that's you know, right so, kindness yeah. to self uh, is going to make us more able to be kind to them and I think that's again yeah. where we have a problematic cultural script because we might think well if we have done this the thing to do is self-flagellate and give ourselves a really hard time but actually that's not helpful yeah. so blame and shame are kind of the yeah. enemies here whether we get into blaming them yeah. because we can't handle it or if we get into shame you know that's that's the kind of response of you know they call white women tears you know when a white yeah. person's called out on their racism and then it may they make it all about them you know by sort of getting yeah. really upset and saying how could you attack me in this way it's like it's not useful to go into floods of shame no. either of course you may you may feel shame and mm. then that's where you need a lot of kindness and support around you 
so that you can get to the point where you can actually hear that person without just being flooded with shame because that's not really going to be helpful you know if you, if you go back to them and it's clear that you need looking after they may mm. find themselves looking after you and that yeah. again it compounds the problem because yeah. not only have they been hurt but now they've had to put all of their stuff to one side to look after you which is so not cool yeah yeah and it's another it's non-consensual it's yeah. a, it, you're doing a like a performative flagellation at them rather than yeah. really it, however genuine it may feel it probably mm. you know you probably do feel flooded with shame because you know most of us are taught is simply you know it's just not acceptable to hurt people but yeah we're going we're going to sometimes you know so it's better to be able to accept oh, okay i'm going to that's the risk of being in relation with people it's going to happen you know how can i be gentle with myself when it does happen so that yeah. i can be as kind as possible to them when we have these conversations and you know i think a lot of the time if we're able to we might well find that that person is you know they're dying to forgive us you know in a lot of cases they really yeah. what they really want is to have their dear friend back and to know that you know this is going to be okay between you so yeah. it's 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 such a paradox you know that all that defending that we do often you know means that we may well lose that friendship or that relationship altogether whereas yeah. if we can just let go and say yeah you're right and i'm so sorry mm. the other person's kind of able to say you know okay you know yeah. I, I really want to understand how why you did it okay and i re now i get it and mm -hmm. you know we can move on maybe yeah yeah and the thing is, is that we, we might not always be brilliant at all of this. And it no. might be that we have to go through a, through a few sites. Uh, and also, again, people like it. Uh, we had a message on, um, on our uh, last podcast where they said that we like, they like the disclaimer of how we get this wrong. We mess oh, up yeah. this all the time. <laughs> Please don't expect us to be perfect no. on this one, you know? No, definitely yeah. not. And so definitely, I've been through cycles of this mm. where I've... I've uh, I have definitely, I think, got better at this, but I'm yeah. still not good at this all the time. It's incredibly and vulnerable. Sometimes yeah. in one, if you're dealing with one instance, you might have to kind of go through a bit of a cycle where uh, you do react in a way that is gaslighting or defensive or mm. making excuses straight away or minimizing it. Um, and then you realize, oh, that I've done that. And then you have to go through a, well, okay, now I'm sorry for having done that. Yeah. So I'm taking responsibility for minimizing it. And then uh, I'm now I'm taking ownership and making myself accountable for the thing that you brought up in the first place. Yeah. But you can see how that can vary if you're not doing that. If you're, if you, the longer it takes for you to tune into that, that's what you're doing the more likely it is you're going to lose relationships and friendships and mm. just have a more difficult difficult time with everyone and again as, yeah as i think we've well. talked about before how we could you know the more we do it on a micro scale as well like can we notice these little moments in our friendships you know where it might not be a huge one mm. and learn you know to have that you know i had a recent one where i gave someone a book that had some stuff that was contenty for them mm. and they were able to say oh you know I was quite hurt when I got to that chapter reading it thinking, God, you know, did, did MJ give me this knowing this about me? You know, like, mm. and, and we were able to have that conversation and it was, you know, the, I think they would have easily just glossed over it, but they knew like it's actually really valuable for us to have mm. that on a smallish thing. Yeah. Then when it's a bit of a bigger thing, we're well practiced, you know, we know how to give the person a heads up, difficult conversation coming, mm. you know, we know how to, you know, we know that we've got through it in the past so we can do it again. So maybe it's, you know, maybe that's a valuable kind of micro culture as well to cultivate mm. rather than waiting till the really big one hits that, you know, is going to be super difficult. Like we've just mm. got used to dealing with all the small ones. So we're ready for that.
I think just one mm. um, thing, like a kind of a preventative um, measure, which is very, uh, I'm just thinking about like how, you know, like we begin our podcasts by, first of all, we chat for a, a while before we start, you know, we mm. build in these processes where yeah. we're more able to be present with each other. And we, we, give, we give ourselves that time to do that. Mm. Um, and I'm just thinking, you know, that for a lot of people, they're not able to bring in that kind of, that time and that ability to slow down and be with each other and yeah. you know that um, because many people have uh, I mean our lives are not devoid of stress but you know people <laughs> have like day-to-day -day, you know that kind of that that kind of day-to-day -day, uh, life that often people have you know like commuting traveling yeah. for work and lots of different responsibilities and stuff and lots of things on our minds it's very you know we find this difficult and we are mindful, quite mindful people who are able to be slow and talk about this stuff all the time. Yeah. But if we can bring that kind of, if we can bring that kind of thing and the ability to really be with another person and not be distracted with them, then actually we might be able to avoid some of the things that we need to be then later held accountable for or that yeah. we might find it easier to be held accountable if we're able to be slow and demonstrate that we're able to listen. Does that kind of make sense? No, it makes loads of sense. And it also makes me think of something for me that's been happening with more ongoing relationships where there are these type issues in them historically or more recently is that I've noticed the kind of it's useful to balanced sort of gentle time being alongside somebody with the more difficult conversations mm. maybe not having them all at once yeah you know so it may be that you know yeah, yeah if you and a friend have got snarled up on something like this that's happened you know and there's quite a lot to unpack you know it might be over a period of months that you're getting together for a day and some of that time is you know having a walk together or mm. you know doing more gentle alongside and then you take a you know half an hour of that time to open up the more difficult thing and maybe just a piece of it and not all of it and yeah. you know it's it's just slow is often our watchword isn't it and it's, it's okay to do this kind of thing slowly mm. um and just yeah with a kind of uncertainty of like where the future is on this but th what we're in at the moment is this process that we're doing this yeah. work together and we're up for it and you know we'll see how that turns out but we're kind of almost trying to maximize the conditions under which this can be done as well as possible mm. yeah i'm going to say something mm. political Go as on. well just like related to that i mean this sounds a bit off the wall but i'm just feeling very political at the moment i just want to say something is that you know mm. because of neoliberalism because of the way that our contracts are because we are all mm. kind of having to do this have this entrepreneurial kind of aspect to work it means that we're we're not able to spend so much time like slow time with people yeah and it does mean that we and so we it means that we see friendships as like commodities and yeah. treat people as objects and we and it means that we have this kind of hard soft thing rather than um rather that kind of binary of hard and soft that you talk about and rewriting the rules rather than uh, gentle and firm it's mm. like it's it's harder to have these kinds of conversations if we're not making space for them but then yeah. we can't make space for them with people if we're constantly fucking at work exactly <laughs> or, you know you or, really need yeah. that emotional space and you know not only that i think you need you know you need to be doing self-care you need to be mm. doing your own work you also need systems and structures of support you know such that you can be the kind of person who can do this and have the kind of relationship you can do it in and those take nurturing exactly so, yeah, it's really hard to do those in 
you know, if you, you know, yeah, if you have to work in a certain way to bring money in, or if you're, you know, just within this culture that that says we were we're never enough and we have to keep doing, doing, doing. What's the emotional level? Yeah, there's not as much space for being with ourselves or with others. Um, yeah, like I just feel, Go on. Sorry. No, I just I just feel so aware of like how like you say how hard this stuff is for me when I've got all yeah. of that you know and so like yeah how how it's a big ask of people and it's good to be mindful of that but at the same time like the rewards are huge because if we can do this kind of relational work then we then we retain really yeah. nourishing relationships yeah. and those the minute you've gone through like something like this with something your relationship is so much stronger because mm. you know you can you know before that there's always that precariousness of like this could end in an instant if, exactly. we, if we hit up against one of each other's buttons you know and and this is that big thing about maintaining friendships and um and you know that we've been talking about recently and how we can be nurturing the people around us is that we nurture people not by saying everything is great all the time mm. right and yep. um seeing this as an act of love rather than telling someone that you love them yeah yeah love is a doing word it is an act of love and it's an act of love for ourselves if we're asking someone to be accountable to us and it's an act of love if we show that we're demonstrating uh, our accountability to them and um mm. and the other thing about emotion about labor here and work is that we we all need to be doing this emotional labor together you know often the the person asking someone to be accountable is doing that from a place of they're the person in the relationship doing all the emotional labor. That's true. Um, we all need to be doing that. We all need to be sharing out the emotional labor because often, too often, um, uh, some people are, society tells some people that they have to do emotional labor and others, like uh, white straight guys, uh, they uh, able bodied guys that they shouldn't yeah. have to do that labor yeah. because other people will be doing it for them. So, so that's why it's worth also thinking about that power dimension. And I guess the more somebody is in those categories mm. that aren't usually expected to do this labor, um, it's worth them um, thinking what they can do to kind of counterbalance that. Um, I was thinking yeah. about your preventative thing. Another good preventative thing would be you know, constantly giving a clear message to the other person that you're up for this, you know. Yeah. Um, or even checking in, like, is, th is there anything recently that's, you know, we should talk about so that, you're, yeah. you know, so you're making space for them rather than waiting for them them to make, to do this really hard thing of saying something. That's right. Yeah. And the thing is, if you have power in a relationship, then it's on you to um, to be doing, to taking the lead in consent conversations. And obviously mm. the... Uh, the tragic irony that we have uh, in the world, I guess, at the moment, is that the people who have the most power are the ones that are doing least of that because that's how you get power. That's right. But there is actually such a relief to this. You know, I find mm. um, that I notice when, you know, I often feel that queasiness. I don't know if this people are familiar with this, but, you know, there's a queasiness when you know you're behaving in a bit of a sketchy way. Mm. And, you know, often you don't want to look at it and you kind of avoid it and you defend mm. against it and you just hope it will all be OK. Mm. And then if you can shift into more of this accountability space where you're like, oh, hang on a minute, you know, then there's a real relief that comes with that because mm. you can think, OK, how can I do this differently? Like my example recently was, you know, these the graphic guides that I do. Mm. I, real, I realized I had this queasiness because I'm kind of including quotes and pictures of people, but there isn't a mm. consent bit where I check that people are OK with that because mm. that's just how those that publishers always works is, you know, you just do it like that and it mm. gets published. And this time I was like, I'm going to look at this queasiness and mm. I thought, OK, I'm going to ask, can we build in a stage next time where we check with people before it's a bit too late mm. to make any changes and just make sure that they're OK with mm. how they've been depicted? Such a relief. 
you know, and I have that definitely yeah. around those, you know, all of those things that where I could hurt somebody inadvertently because it's mm. not something I'm personally familiar with in terms of that intersection or whatever. It's yeah. like as soon as you kind of make that stage of like, oh, my God, yeah, I, I am going to be terrible because the wider culture is structurally racist and sexist and homophobic. Mm. And because we live in non-consensual culture, I am sometimes going to get this wrong and probably, you know, in quite a bad way. And it's a relief to acknowledge that and then be like, OK, well, what do I do now? There's, you know, almost mm. compared to this kind of um, clinging approach that that we that we all have to sort of try and defend oh, against. They can't possibly do it, you know. That's the thing you've said in the past that uh, the the idea that the vase is already broken, mm. uh, and to think of ourselves as a perfect, uh, to think of ourselves as like a nice person or a good person, and yeah. to be more and is to objectify ourselves, and it's not to see ourselves as human. Yeah, and um, capable in the same way of. That hurting people that's what exactly. you know Laverne Cox yeah. says that thing about we all have to see the oppressor in ourselves the potential mm. to to be oppressive mm. if we can't do that then that's that's where we're going to fuck up so much worse right is when we're trying to deny it <laughs> Yeah. So leaning into that queasiness and thinking about uh, that kind mm. of stuff is also an act of self-love, isn't it? So like we said in our episode about self-love is that if love is a verb and it's a thing that we do then this is a thing that we can do. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I got a bit overexcited there. <laughs> Did you have no, something else you no. wanted to say? I was just no, like, no, it's good stuff. No, <laughs> yeah. it's, no this is uh, this is. Uh, I'm enjoying our conversation. Good. Uh, I hope our <laughs> ear pals are as well. That was an example of me feeling a little bit queasy because your face went a bit blank, and I was like, oh, I think maybe I just spoke over you in a bit of an over no. over way. So I just checked in with you, and it was all okay. But it was all. It would also have been okay if it wasn't okay. It's getting quite dark, and I can barely see your face. Uh, oh yeah. On the, yeah, we're on Skype, dear listener. So it's like, um, uh, and if I'm if I'm look if I'm looking blank, it's because I'm kind of like also thinking about the things that you're saying and how interesting they are, uh, and then thinking of my next thing. I often, when I'm if you're in the conversation I'm having with people, if they're saying something interesting, I often just stare off to the upper left. Oh, nice. my view, I'm like, yes. You look a bit like a model, you know, face. in those catalogue, clothes catalogues. That's like, what I'm going for. Yeah, that's what you look like, yeah. Terry toweling, a yellow terry toweling vest and matching wife fronts. Oh, yeah, that's a With the vest look. tucked in. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of off. maybe am pointing at them with my mates. So my mate's wearing like a white terry toweling vest tucked into his white wife fronts. That's well, quite homoerotic got... what's happening right now. Yeah, my <laughs> yeah. other one's got a blue set. And okay. we've all We've all been... Uh, uh, obviously, it's the 1980s, and yeah. we're, we're all white, and we've been to a tanning bed, <laughs> and we're all just staring off into the distance, and we're pals, we're yeah. mates. You're you mates. Know, and it's, we're describing an 80s catalogue, aren't we? MJ? This is what happens in the 80s clothing catalogue, and it is the look that Justin gives when, when apparently he's interested in what's being said, so that's really good to know, because I thought it could be the look that you give when somebody's just kind of <coughs> rolled over you several times in quick succession, and I just no. wanted to check that out. No, 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 <laughs> that's, uh, that's definitely not what was happening. Great. Cool. So there we is go. There else we need? Yeah, I think that's a accountability one-to-one, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, feel free to ask us any questions if you've got anything remaining about that or if you mm -hmm. know of resources that are good on this stuff. Um, mm -hmm. That's just our kind of take with the knowledge we have thus far in life um, yeah. based on our reading and our experiences. It's a useful chat. It's the kinds of uh, useful chats that people might have in sex education classes, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. Like, uh, what would it be like just to ask some people in a workshop or in school or a class or something you know what would it mean to how do we go about asking people to be accountable and what does that look like and how does it feel when they're held accountable and mm. how does the other pe person feel and 
chatting about that. We are just kind of doing that, aren't we? And if you're interested in sex education, you can listen to the podcasts for our patrons. It was out last week. I'm doing yes, a link back. That was a I'm good set. Yeah, no, I got it. I, I was looking into the distance as if I was in a clothing catalogue. I can't see your face. All I can see is... Toweling, uh, mine is orange. Um, <laughs> is it orange? <laughs> yeah, definitely right. the Y fronts and a, and a, nice, <laughs> a nice long sleeve vest, I think. Okay, and you're having yeah. a nice stare. I'm you? having a good stare and I'm, I'm cosy warm in my yeah. terry toweling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because yeah. all I can see is a Meg John Barker silhouette. <laughs> yes, I know. I've got the light behind me is the problem. <laughs> Anyhow, yes, do listen to our patron. Go to our patron, listen to that if you're interested. And also Patreon. you can follow us on and social Justin. media, Twitter yep. at Meg John Justin. Yeah, that's our main one. Let's... Yeah, let's not all, with all the others. Uh, you can uh, download our zines. You could definitely mm-hmm. uh, do some of this work by filling in our zines on make your own sex manual, make your own relationship user guide. Our relationship user guide would be really useful actually in this mm. whole context, wouldn't it? To be able to have those mess communications um, and yeah. also to be able to talk about red flags and they, that might be other kind yeah. of preventative work. Yeah, absolutely. Like what is personal red flags for you? Um, so yeah. yeah, those are downloadable from megjohnandjustin.com. £2.50 each. Um, yep. And you can also listen to all our other podcasts via that website yeah. or the Patreon. Yeah. So, the, yeah, some are on one and some are on the other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So until, now, until next time, I'm off to Spain now. Cheers. Sunny Spain or just Spain? I don't know how sunny it'll be. I expect it'll be fairly similar weather to it is here, but maybe a yeah. little bit warmer. Um, but I'm going to be hanging out with Alexi and Taffy. Uh, we're going to be writing a book on self-care workbook. Um, and Very also cool. going to a non-monogamous conference so I may try and record some stuff while I'm mm-hmm. there that we can put on the podcast um, mm-hmm. so that may be upcoming just to give people a heads up but then nice. we, we will get back into podcasting as soon as I'm back at the end of November yep. 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 well this might be out around then so yeah, you might there will, there will be like zero out. gap for the listeners actually because we've just done a whole bunch just so that we've, we've covered it but, um, I'd like to get ahead Yeah, there, there will be a gap for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> so okay just telling myself until next time <laughs> bye yeah it's good, yeah, it's good. <laughs> let's do that again until next time until next time <laughs> bye bye <laughs>